The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You guys ready? Welcome to the revolution. What in the world's going on? The voice of the outdoors and the American spirit. Smells like onions in here now. (laughs) It's about freedom. That sounded stupid. (laughs) You keep chattering, you keep whooping it up. Okay, guys, this is not how it's going to go. A movement is underway, gaining traction. It's true. (laughs) Growing day by day. It's more than a basic radio show. Whatever, let's just do this. It's a state of mind. This is the original revolution with Jim and Trev. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, and World Fishing Network. Hunting Hunting provides a sustainable, repeatable model in which wildlife can be managed and protected. We, as conservation professionals, are starting to realize that environmental change is reshaping our world. But on the other hand, it's an opportunity because we don't often get these forums to talk about all the great things about hunting. When habitat is diverse, with all its important parts in place, it's stronger and better able to weather adversity. But when a few vital links in the habitat chain disappear, the system starts to collapse. It's part of the circle of life. Mm-hmm. But Mother Nature is not a, a gentle thing out there. And, I, and people, I think, just generally aren't aware of that. So we are a, a conservation, conservation nation. nation. That was beautiful, guys. <laughs> All right, so we're looking at conservation efforts across the country to improve habitat and to help game species in any landscape survive and thrive on today's show. Mrs. Bunny? How's it going, guys? I'm doing good, Jimby. I'm here. We're going to get right into this. We are talking about conservation once again on today's show. Uh-huh. But we've got a brand new game. Uh-oh. Are you ready for it? I'm ready for it. It is called... Is Jimby smarter than Bunny? Take it away! And now, America's favorite game. Is Jimby smarter than Bunny? All right, so are you guys ready to play this? Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to see if, my, if my father is smarter than my wife. This is a great <laughs> game I came it up is. with. One of us is going to get married. All right, so here's the first question. Hunting in America is big business, but... How many jobs does it generate? A. 400,000. B. 500,000. C. 600,000. Now, Jimby, since you are the elder in the room, we'll give it to you first. 600,000. Do you concur or not? I was going to say close to a million, so I'm going to go 600,000 since that's the most. You're both right. Woohoo! All right, so far you were equally as smart. (laughs) Take that however you want. All right, so this one is true or false. Once again, folks, we are playing. I'm smarter than a non-pregnant woman. Is Jimby smarter than Bunny? All right, true or false? What's that? Uh, the $4.95 billion in annual federal tax money generated by hunters' uh, spending could cover the annual paychecks of 150,000 U.S. Army sergeants. True or false, Mrs. Bunny? It's kind of pitiful. I'm saying probably true. If that's the case, I think our U.S. sergeants should probably get paid more, but I'm thinking probably true. I think it's probably true, and they need a raise. Yeah. Holy crap. All right, you're both right. 
I tell everybody, Bunny, you're smarter than him. <laughs> All right, so final question. Okay. Now, I'm going to see if you guys get this right. You want to be going to the isolation chamber so I can't hear her? Yeah, I want her. Bunny to win. Phone a friend. <laughs> All right, so. Phone <laughs> a friend. Hi, Regis Philbin calling from a wants-to-be millionaire. How you doing? I'm going to call Regis. <laughs> uh, Americans annually buy more than A, 50 million, B, 75 million, C, or C, 1 billion shot shells. Just Americans? Just Americans. Billion's a big number, but people love to shoot stuff. People do love to shoot. I'm going to go a billion. What was the second answer? 75, 75 million. million. I'll go 75 billion. <laughs> it is actually is a billion. Oh, seriously. You did that, and I thought well, we you won. wanted her to win. I know. No, but seriously, can you believe this that, This is though? fixed, I can tell. Well, yes, it's totally fixed. This is why you shouldn't work with family, I think. You know, you start <laughs> small things like this, it creates rift. Guys, this uh, is why I don't work with family. <laughs> Nepotism is real. <laughs> no, one billion shot shells. America's annually buying here in America. A billion A shot shells? A billion shell? shot shells. All right, so let's get that into conservation. That makes awfully happy. It does. We're actually going to do a double farm with who this week, Jimmy? Hey, it's going to be a double part with David Morris uh, with the Bucks of Tecamonte. Yeah, make sure you watch the Bucks of Tecamonte Thursdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. But July 2nd, all new episodes are going to start and they are Saturdays, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Then we're going to be joined by David Allen and he is... President and CEO of Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. That's right, he's going to be telling us about elk, obviously not moose. Uh, and then we're going to be joined by Jared Wicklin. He is the resident butterfly guy <laughs> at Pheasants Forever. He is actually the public relations specialist for Pheasants Forever and Quest forever. He likes uh, milkweeds. Oh, and congratulations. He's fixing to have uh, a little girl. Another little girl. But Mrs. Bunny, what are you going to talk about? You know, everybody's always uh, doubting whether or not hunters are actually conservationists. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. So all this stuff with Mrs. Bunny is brought to you by Nissan. Exactly how much money and awareness does hunting bring to conservation? Well, here's Mrs. Bunny with all the answers. Brought to you by Nissan. We had Cecil the Lion. We've got all these different things. And so the second you turn on the TV or the radio or anything, it's always people asking how can someone shooting an animal be a conservationist? Oh yeah. If you hold still. So, there's a lot of misconception out there and not even a lot of hunters sometimes have the best answers for this. So, in April of 2016 uh, the International Union for Conservation of Nature released kind of an all-inclusive report called the Informing Decisions of Trophy Hunting. Oh, so we're talking about trophy hunting. hunting, The money that is generated. The money that's generated uh, from from trophy hunting and why it's actually conservation. It's going to, this report shed a light on trophy hunting's indisputable positive impacts on conservation and wildlife or and animal welfare and it confirms what most of us hunters already know that trophy hunting is the most effective way to save wildlife populations and especially those in decline you know we're talking about over in Africa especially where they have blanket bans in some countries on animals they lose their value and all of a sudden their poach and habitat is lost and the animals continue to decline where in other nations where they use hunting as a tool um, they generate a lot of revenue so this report clarifies it uh, or it has a wide-reaching unbiased examination of the role of trophy hunting and it kind of observes conservation <clears throat> of the species to um, habitat protection anti-poaching efforts and even the programs that support indigenous communities if you're hunting um, in other countries it also clarifies that managed trophy hunting increases the value of wildlife their habitat generates incentives for landowners to conserve and it aids in wildlife recovery 
And it concedes that there are examples of corruption and excessive quotas. Oh, yeah. And things like that. But managed trophy hunting generates more revenue and funds for anti-poaching efforts than, like I said earlier, wide-sweeping bans that kind of exacerbate the problem. And I think that Jimbo can probably tell you this firsthand after going to Africa and looking at a country that... Poverty-stricken. Exactly. Everything else. And the, Real third world. Exactly. And how the revenue there that trophy hunters um, bring in actually impacts the community, makes a difference for the individual indigenous people but also puts a value on the animals and makes them worth something that way um the the landowners and the government wants to protect it enough to keep people coming back but here's the thing like going to africa i did take a cape buffalo i took a very nice one but the fact of the matter is if i went over there i paid the money before i got there you've already paid for it already paid for it if I choose not to shoot that animal because it's not what I want it to be. You had a nice trip. I had a nice trip. Yeah. Well, you know. And, and it was a nice ride in a buggy. The report yeah. The report further goes on and it says, without sound wildlife management and well-regulated hunting, declining species will continue to decline and that photo tutors and spectators alone will not be able to raise enough revenue to reverse that decline. Well, you look, whether you're hunting overseas or you're hunting here locally. Okay, you're going to drop 5, 10, 15, maybe 20, up to 50,000 bucks, even more on a hunt. You look at some of these sheep hunts. I mean, it is outrageous. No photo safari ever is going to generate. I mean, unless you unless could you transport back in time and get the Hindenburg coming down, <laughs> um, you're never going to generate that kind of money. It, it's just not going to happen. And the money that is generated from that, does any of those proceeds go towards wildlife? No. All right, so hunting is conservation. Hunting is conservation, guys. We are, we are, we are hunting nation. Say it! We are. We are. That's what Jim B is. He's sure. <laughs> and he's wearing a nice blue shirt. Is yes. that? What brand is that? Tommy Bahama. Your new shorts. Tommy Bahama. Tommy Bahama. <laughs> All right, so Mrs. Bunny, no, that was... Tomasito. Thank you so much, Mrs. Bunny. You betcha, guys. By the way, who won the contest? I did. Mrs. Bunny I did, did resoundingly. Hands down. <laughs> <laughs> she smoked him, folks. All right, Mrs. Bunny is smarter than Jim now. All right, so uh, we are talking to Conservation Nation on today's show. Coming up next... Hey, we have got uh, the guy that knows everything about conservation here in the United States. That's Mr. David Moore. Mr. David Morse, we're actually doing a double header with him. The Bucks of Tegamonte, Thursdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. But July 2nd, all new episodes coming to Outdoor Channel, and that is Saturdays, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Once again, Outdoor Channel. Big shout-out, though, to Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, Nissan, Cabela's, Silencer Shop, and High Mountain Seasonings. Mrs. Bunny? See you next week, guys. You are awesome! woo And we will return right after this with David Morris. Can't get enough of Jim and Trav on the radio? Well, we find that hard to believe. But just in case, there's Jim and Trav in cyberspace. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at JimandTrav.com. Go there now, and the revolution will return in a few moments. Nick loves a good road trip. We're going down to Mexico. And Nick loves to hunt. That's the most redneck fun I've had in a while. Nick's Wild Ride, an all-new original series. I love this job. Premieres Friday, July 1st at 7.30 Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores. With the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. For the best in outdoor gear, go to www.cabelas.com. 
This is the sound of the Cummins V8 turbo diesel in the new 2016 Nissan Titan XD. This is the sound of the Titan flexing its 310 horsepower muscle. And its gooseneck hitch hooking up a massive trailer. This is the Titan's 555 pound-feet of torque, effortlessly towing a boat, horse, pipeline, or RV. This is the sound inside the Titan's luxurious cabin as the six-speed transmission puts the power to the road and the fully boxed steel frame gives a smooth, solid ride. This is the sound of the Titan XD being named 2015 Truck of Texas by the Texas Auto Riders Association. And this is you opening the window for some real music from that Cummins diesel. That is the sound of the new Nissan Titan XD, the every-duty truck. Nissan, innovation that excites. Tow package and Cummins diesel engine are available features. See Nissan Towing Guide and Owner's Manual for proper use. Cargo and load capacity limited by weight and distribution. Always secure all cargo. We're forging a conservation nation today on The Revolution with Jim and Trev. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, and World Fishing Network. Now, here's part one with David Morris from the Bucks of Tecomane. We're back. This is a revolution with Jim and Trav, and we're talking about Conservation Nation on today's show. Before the break, we heard from Mrs. Bunny, and she talked about how trophy hunting is actually a form of conservation. She's my trophy wife. Oh! Scoring some brownie. <laughs> nah, really not. All right, so we are just out being joined. I'm excited about this. Uh-huh. Gonna do a double part. He is like the Don Juan, or you call it the Don Juan? Don Juan. <laughs> Of the, the wildlife management world. He's like the, the Shaquille O'Neal Kobe Bryant. He doesn't cheat on his wife, though. <laughs> um, of the, the, the whitetail world. No, we're talking about David Morris. Make sure you watch the Bucks of Tecamonte. It is Thursdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. But coming up July 2nd. You got to watch this. All new episode Saturdays, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. One more time, the Bucks of Tecamonte on Outdoor Channel. But, you know, uh, guys, when people are talking about wildlife management, they always, it's always food plots this, food plots that. But there's so many different elements to it to make it Lots successful. Of components. It's like an apple pie. That's your favorite right. thing, right? Uh, it is. Apples are its namesake. And that is a key ingredient, but it's not the only thing that completes it. There's other elements out there, management practices that have to be done uh, to be a good steward of the land and wildlife. Correct, David? That is exactly right. Food and, and nutrition, and food plots in particular, are just part of a, a management strategy. There's a whole lot more to it, which includes managing the land for its uh, greatest production, but also managing the herd. It is critical. You can put all the food out there you want, but if you don't have the right age structure, and if you don't have a good harvest strategy, your results are going to be very limited. You know, I, I, I get tickled when the topic of conservation comes up because most people, when it comes up, think about the great success story of elk, of mule deer, or bighorn sheep. You know, I have a ranch in Montana, and I am my ranch is literally, in the spring of the year, infested with grizzly bears. I've hunted grizzlies all over North America. <laughs> I've never seen a place that's even close to um, the number of grizzlies that we have. And, you know, there's just great success stories, and in the, in the, a lot of times we look at those western species. But I think the greatest success story of all is the white-tailed deer. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the impact that white-tailed deer have on not only our population, our hunters, you know, whitetail is about 75% of the hunting industry. Oh, yeah. But whitetail deer 
has had tremendous impact on conservation. If you think about what's happened in the last 15 years in the United States, and if you've tried to buy land, you'll appreciate this. Land prices have gone up tremendously. That is largely driven not by agriculture, not by timber management, not by the resources on that land. They've been driven by whitetail deer. And the the appreciation of land across the uh, eastern half of the United States has been driven directly by whitetail deer and whitetail deer management. In fact, the appreciation of recreational property, as it's called, you can substitute that name and say whitetail property, but the appreciation of that property has been, has paralleled the increase in popularity of management, of deer management. And the whitetail deer is the most manageable of all species. And so the impact, the economic impact in the United States of whitetail deer has been incredible. It's in the billions and billions of dollars. And without question, the whitetail is the most valuable wildlife species on Earth. Nothing even comes close to comparing to it. Yeah. Now, you're down there in Texas where, uh, you know, leasing of, of land uh, is very, very popular. Some of the states like uh, Kansas and so forth, that's becoming even more popular now. Right, but, right. The, but the fact of the matter is, when you're out there and, and say you're just starting off, I've got this piece of property, I've got to take a census of what I have on here to know exactly what to do. You know, we often talk about culling and and uh, the, the inferior deer, but I think we found out of recent that just because it's a spike horn this year doesn't mean it's not going to be an eight point in four years. Well, you, you start off by eliminating the weak factors that uh, are limiting your your management success. Oftentimes, that is nutrition. And if you have good nutrition, then you're able to look at each age class of your deer and determine which ones are the better ones, which one are, are superior. If you have poor nutrition, a very high percentage of your year-and-a-half-old age class is going to be spikes. If that's the case, you certainly don't want to go in there and shoot all the spikes because you will, in fact, be shooting off most of your year-and-a-half-old age class. You'll be missing the age class as it moves through. So the first thing you want to do before you start culling spikes or inferior deer is you want to address the nutritional problem. Many places have spikes because of poor nutrition, not because they're inferior. And it's a mistake to shoot them in that case because you can't look at one and say he's better than another one because neither one of them have the nutrition to express their genetic potential. Exactly. Exactly. Now, yeah. now, now the, uh, the the other thing that, that uh, I want to talk to you about is the fact that that as we're looking at this herd, uh, we also have to look at the predation. You talked about grizzly bears earlier. Well, you know, coyotes is a big thing. Wolves are a big thing. And the thing is, if you're losing your first-year fawns uh, or second-year fawns, because of that predation, maybe one of the management tools you need to do is eliminate the predators. Well, Jim, that's, that's a great point. And the reality is people need to understand that the engine that drives a deer herd is reproduction and reproductive success. There are several things that affect reproductive success. One is the health of the uh, overall deer herd. In fact, the health of the mother. If that mother's healthy, she's got a far better chance of having one, more than one fawn, and two, of carrying that fawn to um, a year and a half old deer, uh, having a higher recruitment rate going into the fall. 
But the other thing that affects uh, that, besides nutrition, absolutely is predation. Now, in South Texas, as an example, coyotes make a living of killing fawns when those fawns are dropped. Mm. One of the things that you can do is you can have ground cover. A fawn has very limited scent, as you know, it's a protective mechanism for those fawns. So a lot of the uh, mortality on fawns is related to jumping those fawns sight, seeing them, and then running them down and killing them. And if you've got good ground cover, in our part of the world that means grass, you have a much higher chance of fawn survival than you do when you have a place that's been overgrazed and there's not much ground cover. Those coyotes can very effectively uh, deplete your, your fawn population, and I mean very effectively. You bet. Hey, David, i got to cut you off right there. Uh, can you stick around for, are, are you ready to stick around for another part? I, I am. All right, make sure you watch the Bucks Attack of Monte, currently airing Thursdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel, but coming July 2nd, it's going to be Saturdays, all new episodes, Saturdays, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel, part two with David Morris, coming up next. Big shout out to Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, and World Fishing Network. We will return right after the break. The Revolution with Jim and Trev. For over 15 years, providing you excellence in outdoor broadcasting that would probably land us in a labor camp in China. Stay right there. The boys will be back right after this. It's been said that the history of weapons is indeed the history of the world. It's simple elegance. It's a gun that just runs. Join host Joe Montaigne as he explores the legends and folklore behind some of the most iconic weapons in the world. From classic military and civilian firearms to rare and exotic oddities, Gun Stories season premiere, Wednesday, July 13th at 11 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on Outdoor Channel. High Mountain Seasonings, the world's best kits for turning your game into jerky and sausage. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. Here at silencershop.com, we normally focus on making the world a quieter place. Not today. Rule 41F takes effect soon, making silencer ownership more complicated. The good news is silencershop.com can help. But don't delay. Purchase any in-stock silencer by July 6th, and Silencer Shop guarantees to get your Form 4 submitted and execute your transfer before deadline under current rules or give you $100. The Powered by Silencer Shop guarantee. Details and restrictions at silencershop.com. It's the radical reinvention of the 308 MSR. The DP MSG2 combines unfailing reliability with 308 punch in a platform more than a full pound lighter in six configurations designed to dominate. Pair it with Remington Hog Hammer Ammunition for making bacon and a DPMS cleaning kit for effortless cleanup. Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim and Trav, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and Cabela's. Now, here's part two with David Morris from the Bucks of Tecamate. Hey, that was a short break. Hey, before the break, though, we heard a bunch of stuff from David Morris on all the management practices, or actually a lot of management practices you can do to conserve for wildlife. That's right. Make sure you watch The Bucks at Tecamonte. It is Thursdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. But all new episodes, they are going to begin July 2nd. That is Saturdays, uh, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. I got popcorn. He's got popcorn and uh, 
other stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Beef jerky, maybe. All right, so, you know, David, you're echoing a lot of the same stuff that Lee Likoski has said here on the show. He's saying you got to look at the bigger picture. Take a broad look at your property and what it truly is. Is it a bedding area? Is it a pass-through plot that you need to have an attractant on it? Um, is it lacking cover? Do you need to hinge trees? You need to sell it. I, I mean, wildlife conservation and habitat practices... Those two things mean so many different things, don't they? It does. You have to look at each piece of property and attack its weak link. Now, you have to be realistic about what the potential of that property is. Yeah. If you have a piece of property that is primarily a pass-through where the deer aren't living on there, but you can attract them over, then an attraction food plot is a great uh, method of, of getting your fair share of those deer during hunting season. Yep. But each property is different. You know, a lot of places here in Texas, the weak link can be water. If you have a big track of land with very little surface water, which is very possible in South Texas and parts of West Texas, you need to address the water situation even before you address the nutritional situation. Because without water, those deer can't properly utilize nutrition, and they stay in a constant state of stress. So you need to address the weak link, and it varies uh, by location. In the south, the weak link is often nutrition. They have water. They have succulent plants to eat, but they're low in protein. They're low in nutrition. So you want to come in and address the nutritional limitations of the south in the southeast. Here in Texas, we have great native brush. But water's a problem and drought is a problem. When that, when those long-term droughts hit here, your plants go into a, a state of, of stagnation, if you will, and the, and the nutritional value of them decreases greatly. They become coarse, hard. They're just not good, uh, not very palatable. There's just very little uh, nutritional value to them. We offset that here with food plots and with supplemental feeding. And it works very well here in this drought area, but it works less so in the southeast where they always have something that's succulent. Their food plots are the best alternative. Supplemental feed makes a difference, but it's only supplemental. It only helps a little incrementally. So you attack the weak link. You know, one of the things that Lee and I have talked a lot about and that we've had some experience with, in some populations of whitetail, the tick load becomes a major factor in a deer's stress level and his ability to utilize his nutritional, uh, the, the nutrition that is available. Oh, yeah. And one of the, and, and healthy deer generally have relatively low parasite loads. But when they have such heavy parasite loads, even if you give them good nutrition, those parasites, those ticks keep them pulled down so much that they're not able to effectively utilize that nutrition. As a result of that, those deer are stressed, and they never reach their genetic potential, and you have a relatively high natural mortality rate. So whatever it is that is limiting your herd or your management in that area, that's where you need to attack and keep removing those limiting factors till you get a a deer herd that is realizing its its genetic potential. I'm going to tell you what, guys, the genetic potential of a deer herd is always far, far better than people think it is. If you put that herd under good management, 
it is amazing the quality of the deer that you you can produce. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with David Morris. Of course, he has the bucks of Tecamonte. Yeah, currently airing Thursdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. But July 2nd, all new episodes are going to begin at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Once again, the bucks of Tecamonte on Outdoor Channel. Mr. David Morris, he is Mother Nature's right-hand man. He is. He does. <laughs> he does the good work for Mother Nature. Well, I have, I have a nervous tick. Does that mean anything? Yeah. Now, Mr. David, to find out more about you online, social media, all that good stuff, where do we have to head to to do that, buddy? Um, you can go to our Tecamonte Facebook. Um, we have a bunch of Tecamonte page on uh, Facebook. Also, our Tecamonte Campfire Stories, which is a huge uh, Facebook platform. And, of course, Tecamonte.com, our website. You bet. All right, one more time. David Morris, the Bucks of Tecamonte, Thursdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. July 2nd, though, all new episodes, Saturdays, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, once again, on Outdoor Channel. Big shout-out to Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, Nissan, and Remington. Don't go anywhere. David Allen, the president and CEO of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, he is coming up He's next. He's coming up next. Mr. David, though, you are. this is like the show of the David. Yes. Mr. David, you're awesome. God bless you, buddy. Well, God bless you guys. Always great talking to you. Hope you have a great day. Thank you, guys. Okay. Hey, coming up next is David Allen uh, with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, and uh, here's Mrs. Bunny. And now, here's Mrs. Bunny with some important conservation facts regarding hunting. The U.S. is the world's leading example of funding conservation with hunter dollars. American hunters and anglers generated $1.1 billion to distribute to state wildlife agencies in 2016 for conservation, outdoor recreation and job creation. These funds come from the Pittman-Robertson Wildlife Restoration Act of 1937 and the Dingle Johnson Sportfish Restoration Act of 1950. These two acts provide 75% of the costs of state fish and wildlife agency research, management, habitat acquisition, and improvement, public access facilities, law enforcement, as well as hunter education. So what does hunting and fishing contribute to conservation? Try $1.1 billion annually. Can PETA or the Humane Society compete with that? I'm Mrs. Bunny. Get outdoors. You're on the revolution with Jim and Trav. Innovative outdoor broadcasting for over 15 years. Imitated, but never duplicated. And just like your nose, you pick us every day. Stick around. The revolution will continue next. Two brothers dropped in the middle of the Arctic for 30 days. With one mission, get out alive. It's completely unpredictable. This is Alaska. She will throw everything she can at you. If she wants to fight us with weather, we're going to fight back. We're not survivalists. We're big game hunters that love to test ourselves. Hey there! Alaska doesn't ask you to leave. It tells you to leave. Dropped. Escape the Arctic. Premieres Monday, July 11th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Only on Outdoor Channel. Monster Hunts. Get ready to hunt sharks and boars all in the same day. Monster Hunts. Taking place in Panama City, Florida. Monster Hunts. Unlimited hog hunting and shark fishing action. Monster Hunts. Shoot Panther Arms AR-15s with night vision scopes. Monster Hunts. For more information, visit Intercoastal Safari. Or call 1-850-375-2223. High Mountain Seasonings. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com.
back on. This is the time of year to get out and cook out. So make your next meal sizzle with Camp Chef, the brand known for quality outdoor cooking equipment. To eat like a king on your next adventure, go to CampChef.com or visit your local sporting goods store and get cooking. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. It's Operation Conservation Nation today on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Brought to you by Nissan, Silencer Shop in Remington. Now, saddle up to the food plot and try not to fall into the ravine. Here are the boys. Hey, we're back. Hey, that was a short break. That was? Yeah, hey, before the break, we heard from old uh, David Morris, a two-parter. Wrapping it up? Yeah, and then Mrs. Bunny. She came in with Bunny. Yeah, I I stutter a lot. That's okay. Yeah, but uh, we're talking about Conservation Nation on today's show. That's right. Make sure you watch the Bucks of Tecamonte. Currently airing Thursdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on what? Outdoor Channel. What? July 2nd. Make sure you watch it. All new episodes, Saturdays, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. One more time. On Outdoor Channel. So I got to tell you this story. We're actually going to get to David Allen. He is president and CEO of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Perfect story. Going to segue into that. I oh, I was in Colorado. It was Ooh. 1978. I was in the foothills of the Rocky Mountain. You weren't even born yet. I know. Just <laughs> wait for it, though. I was riding my trusty steed, Cactus, when came upon a majestical 700-inch bull elk. I dubbed Elky. I hope my face like that actually hurts. I got it. You got to put out the whole deal. You look like but you got what, an ingrown toenail. The truth is the story. He ran into an area that was landlocked, and I couldn't hunt him. <laughs> right. Anyways, all right. So um, that was awesome. That was a. That was, I'm so glad you did that. All right. So David I feel Allen, dumber for it. He is the president and the CEO of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Hop online rmef.org. Anyways, I was telling that story though because you know, David, when people think. Think about conservation. They never actually think about purchasing lands and making them available to the public, especially when great hunting grounds are landlocked. Just on the other side of that piece of property. And a perfect example is what you guys just did in Idaho. But this is essential for conservation, isn't it, David? Well, absolutely. It's essential from our perspective in you know, keeping these lands uh, as they should be in perpetuity open to the public and keeping them well managed. And, um, you know, if they're uh, healthy lands for elk and other wildlife, you know, we will sustain this wildlife system that we have for a long, long time, much as it has been before us so you're absolutely right yeah talk with uh, david allen he is the president and ceo of the rocky mountain elk foundation um we are talking about conservation on today's show you know it's strange but people think of these these pristine grounds that no one can get to um that it's just it's magical you know you see on like the movies where they go through this shallow cave and on the other side of the waterfall there's light there's light in this beautiful jungle (laughs) and all these animals but when things go untouched they suffer, don't they? And so actually opening this up, it brings it to the public's attention and we see if we need to get in there and we need to harvest more. Maybe they need to allow uh, more tag quotas. Maybe we, we need to uh, restrict hunting a little more. Maybe we need to put in guzzlers. I mean, there's all sorts of different things we need to do, but we will never know that if it's not open, correct? You're absolutely right. In many cases, you'll find out that this land needs some proactive management. You know, there are those who disagree with that and they want to create this big giant wilderness from coast to coast, but that is just not the healthy solution to uh, public grounds and to public recreation and, and uh, 
whether it's hunting, fishing, you know, camping, biking, whatever it may be, uh, we need proactive management on these lands and we have the knowledge and we have the resources to do it uh, nowadays and do it well. And uh, these lands will be uh, healthy and available for multiple use, which is what we subscribe to uh, for years and years to come. And we have to have that kind of uh, mindset or we're going to ruin a real treasure. Yeah. Now, uh, we talked before, uh, with you about the, uh, wolf problem up there in Montana and all those northern states, uh, where they were put back into to help with the, uh, controlling of herds and so forth. But they've really done a good job, haven't they? Yeah. It's, uh, well, I don't know. It depends on which you're saying has done a good job, but wolves <laughs> have definitely done their job. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, the states, Montana and Idaho now have, uh, unfettered management. We're no longer under the, uh, Fish and Wildlife Service's probationary period of five years. That expired in May of this year. And so it's, uh, 100% into the hands of, uh, the, uh, Fish, Wildlife and Parks in Montana and the Idaho Fishing Game. It's up to them to, uh, create all of the management policies and whatnot. Um, we would prefer that, uh, there was, uh, you know, a lot less wolves. Um, we don't call for an annihilation of them as some people might suggest, but, uh, we certainly believe that there's a viable population and there would be even, uh, at a smaller number of them because there are places in western Montana and as well as in the, the central and panhandle of Idaho where there's too heavy of a concentration of wolves and combine them with black bears and mountain lions. The predation is just too heavy on uh, especially elk. So I, I think that's kind of interesting because, I mean, you guys have done studies in many different states from Illinois, Maryland, New York, and West Virginia, as you were saying. And you're collecting data to see if it is feasible to put these animals there. Now, you look at the other end of the spectrum, people with the wolves, they just, ah, let's put them wherever, let's run free. But that's not smart. You guys, you need to take an educated approach about this, and that is exactly what you're doing. Just because they were there 100, 200 years ago doesn't mean they should be there today, correct? Well, you're absolutely correct. They they, uh, love to run around and cry the uh, return them to their once historic range you know, that sounds good, and it uh, gins up a lot of emotion, but yeah. it's not feasible. Every uh, every restoration project that we've done, we do it in cooperation with the state wildlife agencies as well as the citizens of that state. We have never gone to court and sued to force an elk reintroduction in any state, and we never will. It, it's... Uh, Man lives here, so man's got to be a part of the answer and part of the equation. So um, that's how we approach it, and it works a whole lot better. Yeah, it's really hard to believe that uh, 30-some years ago, four guys sat around a table and said, you know, we got to do something about this. If you'd like to find out more information about Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, if you'd like to contact old David Allen, uh, you can do it at R-E-M. R-M-E-F. It's one of those. Dot org. Just Google Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. A lot of stuff's going to come up. Uh, got to get to a break. A big shout-out to the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. 
Also, Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and Nissan. Gotta get to a break. Mr. David, you are so awesome. Keep up the great work, and God bless you, buddy. Hey, God bless you guys. Thanks a lot. You bet. Hey, coming up next is Jared Wicklin. Of course, he's the public relations specialist for Pheasants Forever. And Quail Forever. And Quail Forever. He is next. Don't go anywhere. Yeah. Revolution with Jim and Trev. Over 15 years of outdoor radio. We consider you our friend. The kind of friend that would loan us 50 bucks until payday. Friend us on Facebook now. Facebook.com forward slash Jim and Trev. And the revolution will return right after these messages. Hunting legend Jim Shockey in a high risk new season. That vehicle is the only way we're getting out of here. Say goodbye to civilization. Jim Shockey's Uncharted. Hope as we keep you going. Mondays at 5.30 Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Located in the heart of Maui's premier resort, Kanapali Beach Hotel is officially recognized as Hawaii's most Hawaiian hotel and the number one best value in Hawaii. With a range of accommodations and affordable dining options, this is the ideal setting to turn Hawaiian dreams into lifelong memories. Live Hawaiian entertainment every evening, free year-round children's programs, weekly arts and crafts fairs, welcome breakfast, and departure kukui lei ceremonies add to the value. Swim in the whale-shaped pool, indulge in the fabulous spa and hotel salon. Enjoy Hawaiian hospitality at its best at the Ka'anapali Beach Hotel. Call 800-262-8450 or go to kbhmaui.com. That's kbhmaui.com. Aloha. We are a part of Conservation Nation. Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim and Trev. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings, Nissan, and Remington. Now, here are the boys. Hey, we're back. Before the break, we're here from old David Allen. Of course, he's the president and CEO of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Yep. And they're doing a lot of great things out there. Yeah, hop online, check them out, rmef.org. We are talking to Conservation Nation on today's show. We're actually just waiting, though, for uh, Jared Wicklin to phone in. He is the public relations specialist. He gets to have relations with all the public. He does. Uh, but for Festus Forever and Quell Forever, speaking, you know, he's going to call in in just a minute. But um, speaking of relations, like uh-huh. we mentioned earlier, him and his wife, they are expecting... They've had relations. Their, their second baby girl. You know how uh, that happens, right, Jimbo? I, I, yeah, it's Walmart. It's when a man loves a woman, they play Kenny G all night. <laughs> <laughs> so Jared is just now phoning in. Uh, you know, actually, Jared, while we were waiting, um, we sang for a very you, healthy song. We sang for you. You heard a little bit of it. But now, um, Jimbo and I are talking about the crow count. You guys should be getting your, your statistics in, I would think, pretty soon here in the next couple weeks. And I don't, mean to, I don't mean to crow, but here in Kansas, we got a lot of crowing going on. We're seeing a lot of pheasants, man. Is this kind of what you're hearing all across the country? Yep. You know, that's kind of been the common theme here uh, throughout the spring and even through the winter months as well. You know, Kansas is uh, about the only state that's reported their crowing count so far. They were up 30% from 2015. Oh, wow. Um, so that tells you right there that, you know, your your rooster abundance is up and, and hens are going to go along with that as well. So you guys have had plenty of rain down that way too, correct? They come at uh, just about the right times. Now, we haven't seen any little ones yet. Probably a little too early for them, isn't it? 
Um, the first I heard of, uh, I've got a landowner in South Dakota uh, who we work with quite often, uh, who just reported his first brood last week. But broods are starting starting to pop up, uh, you know, kind of at the peak of the hatch uh, between now and probably about two weeks ago. Um, but things have been looking great, and as far as nesting habitats concerned, uh, and I, I know you guys have been getting rain at the right times uh, to uh, get your wheat to green up. Um, you know, and across the board, as far as winter weather was concerned. I would say the the Midwest, Southern Great Plains, and even out west as a whole, um, winter was almost non-existent in a lot of different states, and uh, that had great carryover for our birds. And we're, we're hoping that uh, shows us some some great boosts in population uh, this fall. Once roadside counts are going to be out in September or end of August, early September, and uh, that's going to kind of be the judge of of whether or not. Uh, you know, pheasants had an easy year as far as, as weather weather is concerned. Yeah, talk with uh, Jared Wicklin. He is the public relations specialist for Pheasants Forever and Quell Forever. Uh, you know, you were talking about uh, weather coming at the right time, kind of a light winter here in the Midwest. But that is actually only a, a very small part of the whole equation because you, you guys there at Pheasants Forever and Quell Forever, you're fighting so hard for conservation and implementing different practices to really boost those numbers to prolong their longevity um, so we can kill them. So we can keep yep, killing them. Yep. I, mean, I mean, that is the exactly. truth, buddy. And so what are you guys doing right now, and how can we get involved, Jared? You know, Habitat's the name of the game. Um, you know, we, we fight for, we fight for the Conservation Reserve Program, which, as you guys probably know, and maybe our listeners know, uh, is the nation's uh, largest and most successful private lands conservation program. Um, and we work to put CRP on retired crop lands in the United States. Um, you know, right now it's kind of hard because we've got a Congress set a 24 million acre cap, which is the uh, lowest in, in modern history for conservation reserve program acres. Um, we've got landowners right now screaming to get into the program, but we've already hit that 24 million acre cap. Uh, so, you know, until this fall when we have some acres come out of the program from previous contracts, um, there'll be another million acres that could hopefully grow back in, but we're working hard to get CRP boosted back up. Uh, you know, our, our chapters throughout the United States, uh, work hard with, with private landowners, with state agencies to put great habitat on the landscape. Um, you know, one of the things I would mention is that we've got, uh, a new program that's hopefully going to roll out this fall called the Honeybee and Monarch Butterfly Partnership. Um, you know, I think as a lot of people have heard, uh, honeybee and, and monarch butterfly populations have, have gone into the tank the last couple of years because of habitat loss. Oh, yeah. Uh, milk, milkweed is a big thing there. Um, and this honeybee and monarch butterfly partnership is, is forged out of a desire to create uh, diverse, high-quality upland habitat. And we're going to be working with landowners on that and uh, installing those uh, for landowners and providing uh, rental payments to landowners to put great habitat in. So, uh, you know, CRP, the Honeybee and Monarch Butterfly Partnership, uh, grants that we receive like NACA, NACA grants, uh, North American Waterfowl Conservation Act grants, um, we're putting land you know, taking land out of production and putting it in great wildlife habitat and also, you know, conserving land. Since 1982, um, Pheasants Forever has actually conserved uh, over 184,000 acres that are now open oh. to the public and available for the public public land space in this nation, which I think we can all agree uh, is a very important concept right now with, uh, with ownership uh, of federal lands and, and how that's trying to work out with being transferred over to states. So we're trying to avoid that and and uh, open up more land for public hunting. That's what Pheasants Forever and Quill Forever is all about. Yeah, Jared Wicklin, he is the butterfly guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He floats like a butterfly and stings like a 
bee. A bumblebee. All right, so Jared. A bumblebee, thank you. <laughs> that's right, Jared Wicklund. He is the public relations specialist there for Pheasants Forever and Quell Forever. Now, Mr. Jared, to find out more about you guys, to become a member, to participate, to donate, all that good stuff, dude, where can we find you online? Pheasantsforever.org uh, or quailforever.org. Whether you're looking for membership, uh, hunting reports, new gear, um, blogs, we've got everything on there. Uh, sign up online, and uh, if you're looking to start a chapter, find us on pheasantsforever.org and quailforever.org as well, and we'll get you set up. A lot of chapters popping up in a lot of great places right now. All right, so Jared Wicklin, he's a stand public it. relations specialist, Pheasants Forever and Quell Forever. Mr. Jared, you're so awesome, buddy. Appreciate Thanks, you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate you guys as well. Uh, have, a, have a great summer, and, and uh, hopefully we can get together and do some hunting this fall. All right, big shout-out to Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, Cabela's and silencer shop. Gotta get to a break. We will return right after this. The revolution is on. We try not to show up other outdoor radio shows by exerting our excellence. But sometimes we just can't help it. Connect with the boys on Facebook, Twitter, and at JimandTrav.com. Stay right there. Jim and Trav will return in a moment. Here at SilencerShop.com, we normally focus on making the world a quieter place. Not today. Rule 41F takes effect soon, making silencer ownership more complicated. The good news is SilencerShop.com can help. But don't delay. Purchase any in-stock silencer by July 6th, and SilencerShop guarantees to get your Form 4 submitted and execute your transfer before deadline under current rules or give you $100, the Powered by Silencer Shop guarantee. Details and restrictions at SilencerShop.com. This is the sound of the Cummins V8 Turbo Diesel in the new 2016 Nissan Titan XD. This is the sound of the Titan flexing its 310 horsepower muscle. And its gooseneck hitch hooking up a massive trailer. This is the Titan's 555 pound-feet of torque, effortlessly towing a boat, horse, pipeline, or RV. This is the sound inside the Titan's luxurious cabin as the six-speed transmission puts the power to the road and the fully boxed steel frame gives a smooth, solid ride. This is the sound of the Titan XD being named 2015 Truck of Texas by the Texas Auto Riders Association. And this is you opening the window for some real music from that Cummins diesel. That is the sound of the new Nissan Titan XD, the every-duty truck. Nissan, innovation that excites. Tow package and Cummins diesel engine are available features. See Nissan Towing Guide and Owner's Manual for proper use. Cargo and load capacity limited by weight and distribution. Always secure all cargo. All right, everybody, put your balls away. Okay, that's enough. Stop, please. Don't be sad. This concludes The Revolution with Jim and Trav this week. If there's anything else you want to add, now's the time. To stay up to date with the boys, log on to JimandTrav.com. Hey, this was a great show in conservation. We learned a lot of stuff from old David Morris. And that bunny beat you resoundingly <laughs> in a contest. That's the biggest thing I learned. All right, big shout-out, though, to uh, David Morris. David Allen, Jared Wickland, and also Mrs. Bunny. Thank you. You bet, guys. Hey, and we want to thank our 445 affiliate stations, or advertisers, and everyone that makes the show possible. Like Miss Bunny, Fun Joe, our producer Mark Paneri, and Frank the Sound Guy. That's right. Get outdoors this weekend. Take some kids with you. And remember, as soon as that sun goes down, you'll never get that day back or that chance to take that kid out. So feed him some hot dogs. Yeah, get him a burlap bag and a flashlight. There you go. Go fishing. Have a great time. Enjoy summer, guys. We love you. Peace out. Local news weather is next we will return right after this mr bonnie last word see you next week guys 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.